same as it never was. Same as it never was. The ignorant idioms you've chosen sound spoken straight from the thoughts of a medium who protects his mind just to lose it and reveal the demons that rule. Welcome to a pod like a whole B-side. We are in the Run the Jewels area of the podcast. And Eric and I were sitting here and we were reminiscing. And uh, boy, howdy, Eric. I I think we've been listening to Run the Jewels adjacent music for the better part of two decades now, don't you think? Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, next year will be, will be 20 years. That's fucking insane. 20 years. Old, old men. Old men who discovered uh, LP and all LP adjacent used cds at the dimple record store 20 years ago and we we partook in the gotta catch them all bought as much as we could until that record label went kaput and we'll talk about some of those artists tonight as well as uh, lp and killer mike solo work that they did before run the jewels so eric let's see here uh we've we've hinted we've gone over for those that even keep track of the podcast, of our love of all things uh, LP-related throughout the years. Um, we don't need to rehash how we got into them. We both we worked at a record store, and we had a co-worker that was into it. He got us into it, and that was it. You already were a big hip-hop guy, and it was a whole new era, area of hip-hop for you. I always liked parts of hip-hop. But discovering Def Jux is where I found like what I believed rap music could be. Um, I would say too, just to throw another layer on that, the early aughts was kind of a boomtown for um, indie hip hop, um, where uh, there was distribution for labels like Raucous and and other places that were really just about like the four elements of hip hop and like that just that like definitely divergent from the late 90s like uh you know uh glitz and glam rap music uh the uh, your 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 uh i guess your money raps and stuff like that uh and and so it was a boom town there were a lot of little pockets on the east coast and in la of uh indie hip hop labels and and major hip hop labels there was yeah. a collectives collectives were a thing i mean you had your wu-tangs and your no limits on the the major the major level and then you had your def jux and your anticons and your living legends uh on the lower levels uh, right. the indie levels <clears throat> yeah and uh, i'd actually say that speaking of which around this time def jux anticon and living legends those were the three that i really any artist on any of those three collectives i would give a shot what would you think Oh yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Anticon, I was more into their beats, um, than their rappers, but they got that they're, they, they were always putting out something interesting. Um, absolutely. hundred percent. Um, and then, uh, what was the, uh, what was the label that did like swollen members? They were like really big in the early aughts as far as like indie rap, uh, battle axe. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So yeah, fun stuff. Definitely some fun stuff. Uh, a little bit later, Stones Throw from the West Coast. Your that had your like your Jay Dilla, Mad Lib, and uh, Peanut Butter Wolf. That was a that was a fun label too. And I guess we'd be remiss not to mention who were the guys from the Davis area that uh, Gift of Gab. May he rest in peace. <clears throat> oh yeah, Sound. Oh goddamn it! What were they called? 
Yeah, yeah, but that, that's like your your uh, your DJ Shadow and and Blackalicious crew. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot a lot of crews, and if you worked in a record store and you had disposable income, you could get into these crews. Mm-hmm. And for Eric and I, the crew we got into the most was the Def Jux crew. And since we're going to be talking about Run the Jewels proper soon, we thought we'd do a little uh, a little history here. We don't want to we don't want to just sit here and rattle off the Wikipedia entries. I think we're just going to touch on the major releases, the artists, and kind of kind of just what Def Jux was all mm-hmm. about and where it came from. And it, as we've mentioned before, you're going to hear a lot of this uh, if you take our advice and you listen to the What Happened Was uh, podcast, which is on the Stony Island Network. And that's a gentleman named Open Mike Eagle. And he, he sat with LP and he went through his whole catalog, every release that he actually produced. And they discussed it episode by episode. So if you want the real details on this stuff, I suggest listening to that. Uh, Eric, you checked out that, that series, Yeah, right? yeah. And it's, it would, I mean, we might reference a few things, but I mean, they, it's very detailed. And if you're interested in this stuff at all, just listen to that. Um, I don't think we're interested in, in uh, rehashing just what they talk about there because um, it's really special that season and you should check it out. Yeah. So to keep things clean, I think we're just going to go artist by artist and touch on highlights. Uh, we've discussed LP and how he came from company of flow before uh, company flow was a underground hip hop group from New York in the late nineties. And they transitioned to the majors and then they broke up, but LP kept going and he somehow pulled his resources to make his own label called it Def Jux. Originally it was called definitive Jux. They had to shorten it for some kind of weird legal reasons. And uh, LP was the, the the founder of the label. Yep. I think he had the most releases on it. Maybe Aesop Rock and him and neck, neck and Neck. As far as LP goes, the albums that he put out on it were Fantastic Damage, uh, I'll Sleep When You're Dead. Uh, Eric, did, did the, the mixtape come out on it and the jazz album as well? Yeah. Okay. And then uh, Cancer for Cure was not released on Jeff Jux, but it was a good album. And out of all of those... I mean, I did three three solo three solid solo albums, and a mixtape, a weird jazz album. All that stuff kind of led up to then him starting Run the Jewels. Eric, out of all that batch, what do you the top of the top? If you were to pick mm-hmm. somebody and say, "Hey, man, uh, one LP thing to check out," what do you what do you think you would tell him? Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's a good question. That's a hard question. If we're just talking about LP's solo work proper, I would say there is a singular vision to uh, Fantastic um with 
it's a futuristic Blade Runner beats like nothing you'd ever heard before. Um, and and just like collab from every like little member of the Def Jux uh, collective that we'll get to shows up on there. And it was all recorded in LP's loft and they just come over, hang out, smoke, eat, rap. And it's just a special album. But like I said, it has a very clear vision to it, more so than the other the, his other records, although. That being said, there are songs on his other records that eclipse anything he does on Fantastic Damage. I just think it's it's just a wonderful artifact in, in hip hop lore. So I guess that would be my go-to. You think that's spacey? Deep space, nine millimeters, sign keeps smiling. Resistance on the fringes and such. My generation does sit like dust. See the fucking cuss and ask what I trust. Tell this story to right here, hold my nuts. Right here, hold my nuts. Right here, hold And I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you. I think fantastic damage is pretty sloppy. I, I've said before that there's things there that you can see the, uh, the parts and the clay he's playing with that he shapes up much better in his later work. But you could see that it's still the same artist, and his later work still harkens back to that album. Yeah, um, I, I, LP's beats are just are are one of a kind. They are in, they're as uh, they're very drum forward, which in the late '90s, early aughts um, wasn't necessarily as prominent. Um, just big loud drums, uh, use of uh, samples and synth samples, and then later like um, him playing his own synth lines, um, as 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 influenced by maybe electronic music and soundtrack music as as hip hop itself. Um, and I think that that's how I would describe his production. And I, he's a unique producer. You can't say that about every producer. A lot of producers could be chameleons, which is a a talent as well, but. Um, he really establishes himself that way. Yeah, and on, on, on future albums, I mean, he samples Twin Peaks, uh, Trent Reznor guest stars. I mean, he does a lot of stuff in his albums later. He uh, has a whole song that uh, samples Twilight Zone and re- references a guy named Mr. Chambers. <laughs> I mean, the guy, he does plenty of great things for the rest of his career, but the the monolith that is that original album and just the market left and mm-hmm. the singular vision of it. I do think it's where like, it might, it might be 20 something years old, but fantastic damage is the one you go to. Yeah. And I mean, you know if you what? Wanna, if you want to tell somebody it's not, I mean, it was a single actually it has a video, but if you want to show someone like this weird yet strangely melodic song uh, that sums up this guy's weird psyche, the song stepfather factory is what I would point them to. Gentlemen, I propose that the market is sinking under the weight of the useless contraptions added to the shopping carts of all hardworking families. Electric doodads was a half to keep right. the it, is, it is not, it's not overly melodic. It's very heavy material, but the fact that it exists in the way, the way he compiled that track, um, mm-hmm. that's the one I would say to check out Stepfather yeah. Factory. It's just, yeah. it is something. 
In fact, he has like a domestic violence trilogy. It starts in Company Flow. He follows it up with Stepfather Factory. And then he switches to like a multiple perspective song in My Neighbor Upstairs on uh, Cancer for the Cure, which is fantastic. Um, and just like you can tell that was his trauma and he he shares it in a, in a you know, he, he gets it off his chest in a still a very entertaining and engaging way. Um, you know, what's funny about, about, uh, I couldn't, I can't really talk about company flow because the album has been out of print for so long. I never owned it. The only one I had was the one that rock has put out, which was the instrumental, the little Johnny at the hospital instrumental, um, which is gorgeous instrumental album. But I, I, I don't know company flow, which, which sucks, but you, you can definitely follow him as a rapper because when he started, he was all about being like this heady, like hyper intelligent guy. And it was just as many words as he can kind of get at you. And as you follow him through his solo records, he takes the job of being a, a versatile MC a lot more seriously. And you hear him playing with bars and actually like really good rhythms. And then by the time he hits Run the Jewels, in my opinion, uh, he has probably improved 20%, 200% as a rapper. Punts and combustion or something and so on. Fuck it. See how the wrong side attracts me to dust to the splash that intellect. Dash to the wrong hole. Talk shit. Walk with a holy heart. Ways. In the dog shit, bitch. Click chatter box up. I'm a holy fuck. What did he just utter? Yeah, he worries. He's, he, as time goes by, he becomes more focused on being good at what he does and not sounding smart at what he does. Right. And uh, he actually references that in lyrics on the most recent Run the Jewels album. Mm-hmm. It's funny though, uh, LP is a guy that even though I didn't listen to Company Flow at the time, like I said, I couldn't get it. Uh, I did know who he was because of Handsome Boy Modeling School, <laughs> which is a, a awesome compilation of hip hop meets like rock and alternative. It's got Beastie Boys on it. It's got Dell the Funky Homo Sapiens. It's got Sean Lennon. It's just it's it's a crazy album by Dan the Automator and Prince Paul. And there's a track on there where LP raps over this like super noisy Alec Empire from uh, when it was a teen, uh, Atari Teenager. <laughs> and uh, that is correct. And it's it's a mess. That song is an absolute mess. But LP's flowing is good. It's just an absolute mess. And they and they talk about how Prince Paul purposely fuck that song up and LP was pissed about it. If you listen to his, that podcast, what it happened was it's a great story, but that, that I, that's what I knew LP from until, until I, uh, Steve, you, you, you gave me Def Jux. So anyways, but yeah, somewhere, somewhere I've got, I've got, the, I've got the company flow album somewhere. Um, I haven't listened to it in a long time. It's not a go-to for me. I like, I own it because I like what it became, but I'm sure if you were there at the time, it's uh it was very special. Yeah. Uh, on the other side of the coin of the run of the jewels coin, you've got killer Mike who's about the same age as LP, but came from a very different world before they teamed up. Um, he was from Atlanta. He was part of the dungeon, the du- dungeon master dungeon, dungeon uh, family, dungeon, the family. dungeon family who you've got. Uh, the most popular part is outcast, obviously who else was part of the dungeon family that uh, people would know. So, 
Yeah, I, I mean, it was it was a it was a bunch of groups. So Goody Mob was. It, it sounds to me like Outcast and Killer yeah. Mike were the ones that made yeah. good. Goody Mob, oh, Goody, actually, Goody Mob was huge. They had a few really good albums. Um, and back when CeeLo was like their their hook guy, he was like CeeLo uh, was like the um, the Nate Dog of of Southern rap. Um, yeah, so that's and they didn't ever put out like a collective album. They would just they would just represent the Dungeon Family on their own albums. Um, except for that song, um, the whole, the, you know, the whole world. Yeah. Um, that's where we all heard of killer Mike was that, that was yeah, it. The, the yeah, outcast yeah. song, the whole, the whole yeah. world, the whole wide world after, yeah. after nine 11, we all bonded over that great song. With the rhyme, I'm slick with the slime. My words are diamonds, dug out of mine. Spit them, polish, look how they shine. Glitter, glisten, gloss, floss. I catch a beat running like Randy Moss. Right that bitch off like a brand new house. I'm rolling my stones, down to no mouth. Mommy, I'm coming, I hope you get off. I rock your own boat like a Leah and talk. Bang, bang. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, Killer Mike's been bouncing around Southern, Southern albums for a while. Um, he was not on Def Jux, obviously, until well, he was he wasn't on Def Jux, but he was he was bouncing around. You hear him on like Ti's songs. You hear him on uh, was the uh, he he did a song with uh, Three Six Mafia, who uh, they're an interesting group in their own right. Um, they started as almost like horror rap, horror like they like the Brother Lynch of the South, but their beats were these just huge, uh, almost these like huge mo- like techno monolith uh production song like songs very weird very 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 interesting um i went through i went through a uh three six mafia phase yeah and i don't regret it uh, a lot of rolling drums just rolling drums like you wouldn't believe right. they love right. the, those rolling drums right um but yeah he's bounced around a lot of uh, southern rappers and he and he did a, a few of his own solo albums and i'm less familiar with those but you know he's got some good tracks with like ice cube and um but his production he'll you know use various producers it's not as consistent of a sound as as uh when him and lp will eventually get together yeah i've got i've i've dabbled in his solo stuff uh those pledge allegiance to the grind albums are pretty good um i love that song rick flair which samples rick flair uh as a it opens and closes with a rick flair from the wwf uh you know promotional spot or may- maybe he was part of the wcw at the time and it it samples his famous song you don't like the prestige that i have in life you don't like the notoriety you didn't trust the fact that i got more cars than most of your friends i got a big house The way I want it. To make it at the ice cold streets of the city. Your mind state gotta be as wicked as fitty. Can't love life suckin' in no mama's titty. Cause life is a bitch and a bitch ain't with it. You gotta have faith living life on biggie. I'm ready to die for the money. Who is with me? Life at the death, hey, this must be hell. I have to see. Pretty boastful. Pretty good. Good southern stuff. Um yeah, a mix of political and like street swagger. That's 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 definitely yeah, definitely definitely some street swagger, but definitely a lot of standing up for yourself. Don't take shit 
from the establishment uh, quite a bit in his lyrics, which will carry over to the Run the Jewels stuff. Uh, I'd have to say if you seek out any of it, I think Pledge, uh, Pledge Allegiance to the Grind Volume 2, probably the most consistent. It is definitely of a sound that is unlike anything you're going to find on Def Jux. It's it's much more, it, it's it's like mainstream Southern rap. Uh, is there any other way to describe it, Eric? Yeah, it is. It is. Although although a lot of a lot of his solo beats, I don't think are super. They don't they don't grab my attention as much. Um, I can't even think of some other southern producers that that pulled it off a little better. Um, not 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 his fault. Just uh, I think when you're when you're an independent rapper trying to make it, um, you know you're you're going to get beats where you can get beats. And uh, he and LP were both in a situation where they 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 were waiting to break. Yeah, they both they both were approaching forty. It had some career transitions at the same time, and that's when they LP was going to go down and produce one song on one of his albums, and ended up doing the whole album. And it was a a love affair that's lasted for uh, most of this decade or last decade, yeah. anyhow. But yeah, Killer Mike, I think that yeah, the beats weren't that special. The albums are, I mean, it's a symptom of that that genre. Overly sure. long. They should all be EPs, but um. His charisma and just his uh, presence carry a lot of the music, in my opinion. Yeah, and uh, I, I I think when he gets when he ends up meeting with uh, LP, he finds a guy that helps bring the music to the same level that of uh, his charisma and vocal talents. So yeah, it's good. It's good for a taster of what you're gonna get. But in my opinion, you might as well just skip to run the jewels. Check out a greatest hits album, maybe. That's that's probably all you need. Uh, apologies right, yeah. to. Mr. Michael Renner. Yeah. Well, R.I.P. Music, the Killer Mike album, R.I.P. Music is is what is the first Run the Jewels, if in our opinion, it's yes. a, it's it's the prequel, and uh, that's the one we're talking about. LP produced the whole thing. They're like that their first single, Big Beast. Oh my God! And that features a lot of Southern rappers like Bun B and Ti. And that that song is just a banger from start to finish. Whatever you can have, bring the pain and leave a whip. Like they soak in this sap when you step out on the ham. Make sure they wanna see ya. Cause be a trill is an automatopia. Be about it like a G. I hate or wanna get you slipping. Drop to be a Jordan or settle for a pippin'. Play a I ain't even trippin'. But I don't really care. Cause my pistol's in your face. So put your hands in the air. Yeah, yeah. I'm riding with a pistol gripping down a clip from Simpson Road to Adam Bill. I'm repping this Atlanta hey, shit. Hey. Nigga try and handle up. Let's see, can they handle this? A hunt around Adam, that ain't no Louisiana shit. Drinking on that Hennessy, blowing on that cannabis. America, cause nightmare, trap nigga fantasy. A record full of felonies, searching for a better me. But choppers go off in my hood like I wrecked you with television. Yeah, if you're gonna, yeah, if you're gonna find actually any of his solo work. It feels like cheating because it's basically the proto run the jewels, but our RIP music, which LP produced, it's all, it's a, it's a killer Mike album from end to end LP's beats. He LP guests on one song. And then many of the guests, as you said, are from that, uh, that scene. Great album. That's yeah. uh it's, it's, it's lovely. And yeah, big beast. I used to, uh, I used to, uh, that, that album came out when I lived in the Bay area still. And I would take Bart to A's games. And that album was the album I listened to for for a whole season there and back. And uh, that album fit Oakland very well. Good times. Yeah.
Those are that's the, the future. Pillars. That's the future, and we're gonna we're gonna go to the past a little bit with. Yeah, that's those are those are the two pillars of uh, Run the Jewels. Uh, going back to the other artists on Def Jux, I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of them. The Def Jux label definitely had a house sound. As the years went by, the house sound kind of tapered off, and it just kind of became a weird place for rappers, in my opinion. Yeah, and that's L- when I quit buying everything. L- L- <laughs> LP initially wanted to have uh wanted to have a, a toe in in almost every record if he wasn't going to produce them he all the way through he wanted to do a few tracks here and there so there was like that that sound that lp sound on the albums a couple of the people that he really respected early on like like um like mr liff had their own house producers and that was okay like lp was all right with that but the thing is is he still gave he was giving his personal stamp of approval that he felt it fit that kind of Def Juck sound. Um, and I guess we can start with, with Mr. Liff, uh, cause he was one of the earliest. I think he was the first, the first single that they put out. Yeah. If you're going to, if you're going to start with anybody, you either start with Mr. Liff because I feel like he was the most consistent and a part of the whole vision next to Aesop rock who to this day continues and has, he was before Def Jux and he is after Def, Def Jux, Aesop right. rock. Yeah. But uh, Mr. Liff, yeah, Mr. Liff was great. Uh, Mr. Liff was a guy who was shorter than I am. Uh, he had dreadlocks, and he had uh, it, uh, what an EP and three full lengths, at least two full lengths on Jeff Jux. Right, right. And that EP and the first two full lengths, I stand by. Mm-hmm. I if you could if you could uh, if you could wear a CD out, I would have worn those out. Uh, especially the album uh, I Phantom. Good friends of brother poverty. Here's where I am versus where I think I ought to be. There's a certain chance I'm a victim of circumstance. I take a look at myself and at first glance, I see who I recently thought to be me. Based on identities, public and private. Behold the radio pirate. The nigga, the felon. Chillin' with the gun to your melon. A pimp with his pocket swelling. A jester, a slave with wounds that fester. The one that be pre-med, pre-D dread. An academic reject, hoping to detect why we wreck what God gave. Song I Phantom. Yeah, so I think I think I Phantom is the one, if you want to just get an idea of where Mr. Liff, what he was all about, I Phantom's the one you go to. Um... He had a really interesting thing going on, I feel, where he was really able to write about the monotony of having a day job like no no one else or the like the drudgery of just modern life. Well, I mean, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. And and um, he had this flow that really it could have fit on Stone's Throw. It could have fit on Raucous. It, it was a very versatile flow. Um, he just had, you know, he had a, a, a producer that he worked with that that fit the the Def Jux sound, um, but just so versatile and just like uh, uh, just light, just light on his feet, um, like a like a ballet dancer uh, all over these tracks. Um, very entertaining. Yeah, yeah, he actually there's something about his delivery that I felt was very warm to me. Like I felt like when he was rapping at me, it was like uh, an old friend I'm sitting with at a coffee shop or a bar telling me about the day they had. It, it was mm-hmm. great. He's great. Yeah. He's still around yeah. to this day. Um, I really, yeah, I really suggest the album, my phantom from end to end, 
I mean, if you take I Phantom, you can stack that next to Fantastic Damage, and Cannibal Ox is the Cold Vein is like Def Jux masterpieces. Yeah. Uh, I Phantom was very good. Um, and some of the EPs he released as well. Uh, emergency Rations. Uh, good stuff. All good stuff. I, yeah. I, uh, Mr. Liff, I, I sign off. Look him up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess speaking of Cannibal Ox. Come on, Black And if there's crack in a basement, crackheads stand adjacent. Anger, displacement, food stamp arrangement. You were a stillborn baby. Mother didn't want you, but you were stillborn. Boy meets world, of course his pops is gone. I mean, how, Cannibal Ox, can you think of, if we were to try to compare Cannibal Ox to a rock group, like one album where that that, that group, they made, they made two records. And the first record changed the world, and the second record was not very good. Can we think of anything comparable in the rock world? <laughs> oh God, uh, the Toadies. <laughs> Toadies. I was gonna say like, like in in our like nothing records universe, I guess Prick. Yeah, maybe Prick. <laughs> and uh, I think I think Can Ox left more of a dent than Prick. Yeah, no, it, absolutely did. Left. But what, that's what I'm trying to say is that like the first album they put out, the Cold Vein, a total game changer. Uh, the the production, the production and the flow. I mean, it's just from end to end. That album is a near masterpiece, Eric. I, I think you are more familiar with it than I am. We both love uh, it, but I yeah. Mean, so tell just, us all about it. Just for context, the Cannibal Ox album came out before LP solo album, and this was the first full length album that Def Jux put out. They had some singles before that, so um, this was LP's chance to really sig- like like lay down the Def Jux sound. And so he produced the entire thing. LP produced the whole thing. And it does have that futuristic, like Blade Runner production style, but it's meant to feel like New York. Every song's supposed to feel like you just hear like the uh, subway rattling by as you're listening to it. Um, and uh, Cannibal Ox uh, is basically two MCs. And you've got uh, Vast Air and the other guy, Vortal. Uh, what's his name? Vortal Mega. And. Uh, Vortal Mega has a kind of a very simple, minimalistic rapping style. Um, just his style alone, you could swap out maybe with 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 a member of any like indie hip hop crew. But his lyrics are very smart, very heady. Um, and then Vast Air is uh, it just has such a distinctive voice. I can't and, I can't tell you how much I I love Vast Air. Um, yeah, yeah. His voice is just so unique. The closest thing I can think of is he's a more heartfelt MF Doom. Like I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah, just, yeah. It's just like it, MF Doom. It strip away all the cynicism. I just like uh, Vast Air wore his heart on his sleeve. Yeah. I, I just I love the sound of his voice on that record. I, yeah. I love it. It's it's yeah. just great. Birds of the same feather flock together, congested on a majestic street corner. That's a short time goal for most of them, cause most of them would rather expand their wings and hover over greater things. That's what we call inspired flight by the pigeons that gotta eat pizza crust every night. And let there be light was understood when a mic stand descended from up and above into the hood. And if my face is worth a thousand words when it's scarred, I would only hope that two of those are cocoa and butter to heal the wounds of the tissue. Scar-
hard to mark the death of my womb. But I've graduated, got my wings, and you've got to let We go saw Vastair live, not, not with Cannibal Ox, but he, did his, he had a solo album that dropped. It was okay. It had a few a few great tracks. Uh, and he we saw him at the Colonial Theater. But, yeah, uh, I mean, if you're just uh, that album, The Cold Vein, uh, listen to the whole thing. Yeah, it's, 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 it's as far as something that's perfectly executed that has a vision from start to finish um that and and fantastic damage or would be like like sister albums that pulled off the same i actually think cold vein's more consistent if you want to listen to something end to end with no check your watch points i think cold yeah and and especially mc wise like those 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 rappers had had their lyrics like done rewritten edited and and like perfected to a t it's it's great. I mean, but when you're talking production, I mean, uh, when you talk about uh, Run the Jewels, we talk a lot about, if you're listening to it with headphones, the ability to make sound kind of like feel tan- tangible and bounce around the room is awesome. Mm-hmm. Run the, or I'm sorry, Cold Vein really does that, I think. There's some songs yeah. in Cold Vein where you feel like you could reach out into the air and grab the sound. Yeah, just give me it's, that song, Pigeons, is like is a top hip-hop song of all time. In my opinion, uh, so what's that one? Scream Phoenix, one of the closing tracks. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. No, uh, yeah, definitely uh, seek out Cannibal Ox. Good name too, Cannibal Ox. That's awesome. Yeah, and their 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 other album they put out is not as good, but it's also wasn't on Def Jux. LP was not producing on it, and just kind of it did lose the magic. But um, you know, I'm sure they're still good. They're still good MCs. It was just kind of one of those. It was like it was like when Cool Keith did. Uh, did uh with dr octagon 2 without dan the automator involved you know it's just you know it, it it worked because because the right minds were in the room and when one of those minds are missing there you go well as far as def jux goes there's three more artists i think we should focus on uh one is very well known because he ended up becoming part of one of the most uh, uh one of his songs became a theme song for one of the most popular tv shows of all time uh the other one uh was just a great guy before and after def jux and exists outside of def jux and then the other artist uh was part of living legends collective and and kind of also he didn't need def jux but he definitely released some great work on def jux let's start though with the uh the theme song guy eric you know who i'm talking about talk about rjd2 i am A beautiful mind turned water into wine, but that's not all. Broke the water, shine. Uh, RJD2 is kind of the, he's, he's like, if you were to have a Venn diagram, he's in between Moby and DJ Shadow, but way more self-respect than Moby, I think. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. RJD2 is a, is a instrumental, you know, hip hop producer. And uh, that's a genre I love. I will I will buy a hip hop producer's instrumental, you know, records anytime. Mad Lib, Jay Dilla, and RJD2s are 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 at some points, you know, a little bit even more engaging because it's not just hip hop beats like mixed together. It's like each one's like supposed to be kind of a ride. Uh, the song "The Horror," jeez, forget about it. That song is absolutely out of control.
Yeah, but the uh, but the album you're looking for with him came out in 2002. It's called Dead Ringer. Dead Ringer is pretty goddamn consistent, end to end. I think you can listen to that thing end to end. It's very. It's like I just said. It's DJ Shadow meets Moby. A lot of soul samples. A lot of just samples up the wazoo. Um, it flows really well. Not a lot of rapping on it. I think uh, there's one or two tracks where Murs might pop up, and that's because Murs and him had a they had a side project, didn't they? Uh, as well. Oh, or, or no, maybe Murs had a Murs had a couple of side projects. So that that's what I'm thinking of. But Murs is definitely on that album. Um, no, I'm sorry. I think Murs might be on it, but also a guy that collaborated with Murs. Uh, well, Blueprint. Our, Blueprint. Yeah, Blueprint. It. Yeah, because yeah, Blueprint. they did they did Soul Position. RJT2 and Blueprint did Soul Position. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you like if you like instrumental hip hop music and you like electronic music that kind of takes you for a ride, this will this will be that Venn diagram as Steve said. And also, uh, respect to him for his second album, which no one liked. Uh, I think that's the Since We Last Spoke. Oh man, and, the title track on that album's great though. Yeah, it, a lot of it. A lot of it came off though, like a bunch of just like stone teenagers jamming in a garage. Sure. It was a uh, yeah yeah not not a good time. But uh, RJD2 is definitely worth checking out. That album, Dead Ringer, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, then we've got we got Aesop Rock. And Aesop Rock, he didn't need Def Jux, but they all got along so well that he came along to Def Jux. And uh, I think his catalog is extremely uh, consistent. Um, my favorite song of his he ever put out, this is like saying, you know, my favorite song by the Beatles is fucking Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Uh, the song Daylight, which oh, is yeah. like a big single of his. But his career goes way beyond that. And uh, Eric, try to describe Aesop Rock's whole thing to us. I did not admit the wheel, I was the crooked spoke adjacent While the triple sixers lassos keep angels roped in the basement I walk the block with a halo and a stick, poking your patience Y'all catch a 30 second flash visual, dirty cooperative This up rock has a really unique voice And it's like, um, it's like a, it's like a talking voice It's like, it is like he's having a conversation with you He's also a hard on his sleeve kind of guy Um, and you know, he, you could tell, you know, he Go, he goes through some stuff psychologically, um, but he doesn't ever want it to, to hamper your good time. And um, and he can go from a rapid fire delivery uh, to like a slowed down kind of thing. And um, and 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 it always throws in a little sense of humor, a little a little quip, a little self deprecating thing. Every verse, uh, he is he is just one of the good ones. That's funny you mentioned him as like. The fast and slow at the same time. Yeah, he can move things really fast and use uh, multi-syllable words like you wouldn't believe and not get tripped up. But at the same time, he sounds like a guy that just woke up. It's a yeah. really interesting yeah. dynamic. Yeah, but yeah, Daylight's good. And then his last record for Def Jux, this, the title track, None Shall Pass, is is it will floor you and well, it's, got, it's part part of that's because it's got the production of my blockhead who you yeah. got to mention yeah his producer friend that does a lot of stuff with him is this guy named blockhead and blockhead's name kind of represents what he does he likes to pick a lot of like plinking sounds like uh like you know clacking wooden blocks together or xylophones and mess with that shit 
that's kind of what he does right right or just pull like a bass line and from something sample it in reverse and then throw another bass line over it um but yeah as far as being like a a tactile producer like you were saying steve a, a bee that you could just reach out and touch he's very good at that yeah and i i think you know i i don't think I mean, goddamn, he's made he's made a lot of good albums. Uh, Bazooka Tooth was another one he put out in Def Jux that I thought was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, None Shall Pass, like you said, was great. But, but I mean, even the stuff he's putting out today, uh, that album, the, the Impossible Kid from a couple years back, I liked. He's never done anything I really didn't like. I think everybody should check out Aesop Rock. He's, he's great. Yeah, actually, he's got, let me just pull it up here. He's got actually a more recent project. Um, that he put out it's called i think it's called uh let's see he did he did a, an album with homeboy sandman and tobacco did the did the beats and tobacco is that guy that collaborated with trent last year on that song babysitter and he's like a just like kind of like a noise hip-hop producer um but yeah that's a that's a fun one i i'd say though that if you're going to pick out one record to listen to even though Daylight off Labor Days is a song that I put on as like my happy place, uh, None Shall Pass. That's the one. Mm-hmm. If you want to check out one album by him, I think None Shall Pass is the record. Yeah, yeah. I agree. So yeah, we mentioned Living Legends earlier, and right. Living Legends crossed over with Jeff Jux by signing uh, Merce. And Merce was a member of the Living Legends. He released his solo records. Yeah, Living Legends was a was a uh, a Bay Area, California label. Bay Bay Area, but also LA. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, but but West West Coast and and you know there's always that divide between West Coast and East Coast. I mean, it's silly, but there there is. And uh, Living Legends had cool stuff. They had like they had MERS and they had uh, Bus Driver. Um, MERS was part of like a bunch of little groups like 3MG and Felt. Not with the cost of the company that's hogging up your artery cholesterol butter spread it so thickly sticky fingers grabbing the sharpen of a box cutter leading the blood of a soldier older wise that cola arena saturated with haters disintegrate with atom bomb drop it now they gone stop it as i pilot my palm on the boss holler my name in the shadows we can let nemesis better let a veteran head of you boy atmosphere uh, three melancholy gypsies is what 3MG stands for. I always forget. <laughs> I always forget that. No, but the, the Living Legends was uh, Aesop. No relation to Aesop Rock. Uh, Picasso, who was good. Uh-huh. Eli, who did a lot of production. Uh, Lucky I Am, he had a you know album here and there. Scarab, also had some records. Guy named Sunspot Jones. And then The Grouch. And I like The Grouch. The Grouch oh, had yeah. some, oh, yeah. the Grouch some good, good underground stuff. And then Merz was kind of like the, uh, he was part of the group. Uh, but he's not mm-hmm. part of the group any longer. But they released, uh, God, they haven't released an album in 10 years. But they re- they released one album called Almost Famous and Good Gravy. Go if you wanted, if you want a snapshot of the time, Almost Famous. That album by the Living Legends in 2001. That's your, uh, that's your, somewhere in between backpack hip hop and mainstream hip hop there in the middle uh, that, i don't know how else to put it does that have their their man who sold the world cover uh, not cover but sampled track on that that's a great one that's a great one yeah but i, I like i like all those guys to an extent i think mers was a standout 
Mm-hmm. And like Eric said, yeah, he had the the Christina Ricci albums, the Felt albums with the uh, with uh, Slug from Atmosphere, right? And Atmosphere is from Minneapolis. And what was that that the collective called, if anything? The Indianapolis Collective. Yeah. No what, what was the what was Atmosphere from? Well, Atmosphere. Oh shit! I don't know. <laughs> He was, God damn it. You're <laughs> he the was, one editing this. I know, I know, I know. Well, Atmosphere was the group. Slug was in it with Ants. They were on, so yeah, that was here. Just here, you can snitch this together. And yeah, that was with the Slug and Atmosphere from uh, the Rhymesayers group. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Thank you. And they were there from the Midwest. Um, but anyhow, back to Mercer's albums on Def Jux. The album that I think is great is, uh, was it, is it the Ninth Wonder? Is that the one? Well, there's there the first one was the 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 uh, the end of the beginning, and that oh, one. I'm sorry, Ninth Wonder's one of the producers. I apologize. Uh, yeah, yes. Ninth Wonder produced the next one, which was Mers 316, the ninth edition. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the uh, the end of the beginning was 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 interesting. It had some. It had a couple LP produced songs. It had some uh, some other people. It had that great song with Shock G, maybe rest in peace, and and uh, Humpty Hump. Uh, the, yes, uh, risky business where Shock G and Humpty Hump show up at a party, and there is so much comedic sketch work on that one. It's just absolutely It was my homeboy Shock, a mellow type of fellow that I knew from up the block. He walked in and said, "What's the deal, Merce? First things first, you couldn't have hit me at a better time than four cars behind me. They with me, all women, all dimes. The red hair, she's mine. She wanna hunt me, yo, it's my brother Humpty. What's up, yo? Pardon me, but I got to go. Where the bathroom at? Y'all got liquor? Come on, Trina, yo, this house is fat. Hey, cat, wanna hit this? Oops." I was up in the room and I found a condom and uh well let me right. just say that I didn't find the condom she did oh my god well let me get in here beep 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 yeah uh, well we all know that we all know that shock G and Humpty are the same person but I love when he plays both characters and like shock G is like the responsible cousin oh your parents are out of town well, we'll keep this house clean and then Humpty shows up the oh excuse me were you standing there like knock stuff over and it's 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 ridiculous it's wonderful and shock g produced that track and it's, it's a fun it's a very fun track and that that album has a ton of producers it's got um oh no from uh oh no's from uh the uh the stones throw label it's got rjd2 it's got sunspot jones it's, it's got, got blockhead who we just talked about it's got, it's got ant yeah ant is ant is from the rhyme sayers group it's a uh, yeah that's a good that's it it's a fun album yeah the the end of the beginning i think it's good that one's fun and then the follow-up was uh mers 316 the ninth edition and ninth wonder is a guy that came from he actually came from the rizza i think he's a rizza um what, what like uh like one of like what rizza mentored some ra- some producers like alchemist and ninth wonder which would do this very very simple piano loop sample with some like boom bap drums and vocal samples. And that was Ninth Wonder's thing. And he produced that entire follow-up. And in a way it's better because it's uh it's a it's 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 like I said before, it's like a singular vision. And it's got some great songs like Bad uh Bad Man and, and Hustle are two great songs off that record. Yeah, but I, I have to actually say if you want the best thing Merge has ever done, uh there's a few of them, but the first uh felt album. Uh, a tribute to Christina Ricci. Yeah, that's yeah. the one, man. That uh, that album's great. Instead, awesome. I made a left, left. 
from third and lost to Yenica. Camp front, I was into her. She offered me a blunt. Damn, I wish I smoked in the cuss. See, I remember her from the center of Beverly. She was heavenly, still on my mind from a while back. She had a smile that shook the clouds off the sun. A set of lovely lips that made me fumble my tongue. Hair up in a bun, up under a cap. She was a down low beauty. See, I like them like that. She kept it on the low, but high enough to see. Okay. It has Suzanne Vega on it though. Oh right, right, um, right, right. Yeah, but just know that's that's my favorite thing he's ever done. Right. So yeah. But so Murray, there you go. Yeah, I mean, Murray's is a cross section. He's he he dabbled with anybody that was like anybody in indie hip hop in the early aughts. It's great. So there was a lot of other artists that I'm not as passionate about. C Ray Waltz, uh Rob Sonic, Hangar 18, uh even Dizzy Rascal <laughs> were on oh on, on Def Jux. Um, one, one, one other, well, let's mention two more, uh, one guy, I was not as familiar with this stuff, but, uh, LP was really passionate about, uh, Camu Tao mm-hmm. and he pops up on some LP albums I have and him dying kind of informs some, uh, run the jewels and LP songs. So he was kind of, he's kind of a, uh, I don't know, a, a wild card. Yeah, he's kind of an ODB type. If yeah, if, exactly. if Def, if Def yeah. Jux had an ODB, it would have been uh, Kamuto. I think we saw him live too in in SA Smash or like one of his little groups like that. Um, he was funny. He was kind of unhinged. Um, and I did listen to the the record that he put out when he died in LP. It was like one of the last things LP did. Like King, of Hearts. Def, King, King of, of Hearts. Hearts, and where he sings over it, it's it's all singing and it. And it's interesting. It's interesting. I'm not going to say it's a great album through and through, but there are a couple of moments where you see what he's doing. And it's very like um, kind of proto like like uh, indie funk that would come out a few years later. And um, uh, I appreciate what he was doing on there. He, he clearly he clearly was an idea man and, 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 and taken too soon from from cancer. So, yes, I mean, he rests in peace. And uh, one other artist who. It's it's tough for me to explain why I like his album so much, but uh, because it's almost it's almost like a hot topic album uh, pressed to CD. But Cage's Hell's Winter. <laughs> Filling with pain, take a print of my brain, flash it on the screen, you won't leave the cinema sane. Had a following, fondling it wouldn't let go till I spike the easy football into the death jokes and Eric, you revisited it too. Yeah. And even though Cage sings he's like if you take Eminem and put him through a hot topic grinder, I mean he's he's got a bunch of horror core type things going on. He's got a bunch of like I woke up with a needle in my arm type lyrics. But that album, Hell's Winter, has great production from LP throughout. Yeah, Blockhead here, might show up. Uh, Cage looks like good. like he just got kicked out of from Autumn to Ashes. Exactly. <laughs> he's got, at least during that time, yeah, he's got yeah. The, the black dyed hair combed over one eye. Right. But right. Um, that album, Cage, uh, Hell's Winter, I think it's worth listening to at least once. It's got a great song with uh, uh, produced by DJ Shadow that has all these old Atari video game uh, samples on it. Um, and Check it have, out. Does that Jello be offer on that track too? Yes, exactly. A, yeah. Jello be offer pops up. Our nation must come together to unite. I know that you 
Yeah. Which is funny because I'm reading that Al Jorgensen book you let me borrow, and yeah. Jello B offers in that book, and some of Cage's lyrics about uh, debauchery are what Al Jorgensen writes about, and in Cage's lyrics and Al Jorgensen's book, I think that both times are not telling the truth. Yeah, so. yeah. It, uh, <laughs> this cannot be true. <laughs> yeah. And so in this Cage album, though, I do recommend it as well. It it features production that will give you a real taste of the swath of, of, of Def Jux from LP to DJ Shadow, who is not part of Def Jux, but is adjacent uh, to like Blockhead and... Um, and Kamoto did, did some beats. And then uh, it's, it's, it's moody. It, it, uh, it has a good sense of humor, but it also like is a little bit too much like therapy at the same time. <laughs> but, uh, but that's okay. That's okay. Uh, there's sometimes, yeah, that, that's the album called Hell's Winter. If you're going to yeah. check out the album by him, I don't suggest checking out any of his other albums. I mean, if you want to good, give him money, but that's the one that's really good. Um, and yeah, it goes to some of the same places that Eminem goes to. And I hate to say it, Eminem's got like some good songs, but my God, God the guy, the guy, he minds that, uh, that field a bit too much. And Cage kind of goes to that same place. Right. Yeah. Which, and I think that him and Eminem were rivals at one point. I don't know. They might have did some rap battles. Who knows? Mm. But I mean, anyhow, right. that's, that's our broad overview of Def Jux. We hope he gave you some suggestions you might check out. It was a label that lasted for about a decade and gave us a good group of artists who I follow some of them to this day. And some of the albums they released are all timers for me. So, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I love the time, the era where a label could kind of give, um, give you a crew, like a built-in crew or like a built-in identity to, especially to hip hop. And, and oh, there was to, a... to me, to me, this is the nothing records of hip hop. Right. In yeah. my opinion. Yeah. I mean, yeah. about the same, about the same lot. Like did, did nothing last a decade? Maybe. Yeah. If that. Right. Um, you know, you get a couple of your friends and bands you like when you start out and then you just end up signing people that might be like-minded towards the end. I mean, it's very similar thing going on here. Yeah. Yeah. But, and consistency will vary, but, uh, you know, the heart's in the right place, good energy. And, uh, and definitely formed my, it definitely set a standard for, for my hip hop listening, um, you know, moving forward. So. All right. Well, let's, uh, that's our, that's all, that's our sample platter. And now let's dig into the main course of the very, very good, Run the Jewels album, Run the Jewels 4. 